0: of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And today we're going to be talking about one of the fastest growing industries in the post-COVID world and also an important target for SEO companies, online education. Joining us is Adam Arnold, who is an enterprise account executive at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data-driven decisions. And today... Adam and I are going to talk about the changes in online education following the outbreak of the coronavirus. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here is the first installment of my conversation with Adam Arnold, Enterprise Account Exec at Searchmetrics. Adam, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Ben.
0: Very excited to have you on the show. An old buddy, a friend of the program, anybody that works at Search Metrics is a friend of mine, but we go pretty far back here and you're on the sales side of Search Metrics, So what the heck are you doing on a podcast here?
1: Absolutely. So at Search Metrics, I basically work with a lot of our education partnerships. So I'm talking to a lot of different universities throughout the country just to kind of figure out how we can help support them in increasing their overall organic search.
0: So the correct answer to my question is, I don't know, but Doug signed me up to be on the podcast, but you might not be able to say it. I will. Doug, I hope you're listening to this episode. Uh, You mentioned that you're working in enterprise scales, you're helping people understand why they need SEO services, and you're also doing a fair amount of industry research. You've looked and talked to some of the online education companies, some of the higher education companies. First off, let's just talk online and offline education. Give me the lay of the land for who are some of the types of companies that are working in the education industry that have a digital footprint.
1: So there's kind of a whole host of companies that work in the online education space. So you have some companies like Udemy for example that's you know not just targeting maybe students but they can target different companies whether it's B2B companies or retail companies. But you're also looking at other just strictly online universities like University of Phoenix for example. And you also just have some of your typical universities where they have a mix of in-person learning and online offerings. So maybe like Arizona State, for example, has both. And actually, a lot of schools nowadays have a mix between in-person and online.
0: Okay, so when most people think of education, I think we think of our school system, higher education, the Harvards of the world. You mentioned the uh, you know University of Phoenix. I know that I think there's a, like a New Hampshire or, or you know other schools that are for-profit yep. schools. That's it, you. Yep. And then there's a hybrid of them as well. And then Udemy's or other companies that are education-focused but not necessarily going for accreditation. Sort of educate yourself. The coronavirus has obviously changed the way that we are able to interact with our educators. We're not sitting in classrooms. I know everywhere down to preschool kids are focusing on online education. So talk to me about how you've seen the coronavirus impact some of the online education companies.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I can probably mostly speak to universities because those are most of the companies that I've been speaking with. But the coronavirus has really impacted them in a number of different ways. And One, I think, which a lot of companies have faced these issues is just budget cuts. And the reason that universities are facing issues with budget cuts is one, is you're looking at just the financial ability of students to be able to pay tuition. So if they're coming from a family that was hit hard from coronavirus, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to pay for tuition. So some of them are actually delaying Starting college at the moment. A lot of universities are actually not getting their income right now from the housing that they provide within the dorms. So that's been a big impact for them as well. So overall, they're having some lower enrollment numbers, especially because the international students are not coming over quite as much, specifically from China. So that's kind of been a pretty big impact within universities. And then a lot of them are kind of scrambling to switch to the online learning space. Really, a lot of times at the top of these universities, they haven't had a massive focus on online education, at least for a lot of universities. And so a lot of them are trying to scramble to figure out how to actually do that and how to implement it correctly, how to make things very clear to students on what they're offering and that that quality of education is still going to be the same as if they were in person.
0: It seems like the online portion of education has really been supplemental for traditional education. But then you get the... Post educated, uh, you know, I'll throw myself in this bucket where it's like I've already gone through the schooling I'm going to be through, but I want to continue to develop my school set. I'm going on to YouTube and Udemy and, you know, all these other training programs to harness my skills. So you got this influx of the actual academic system trying to transfer from online education being supplementary to be the primary way that they're educating their students. And then people are still continuing to do development, and probably more now that there's a lot of people that have been laid off trying to learn new skills. In terms of the content that you see in the online education world, how has this been impacted? Is there more demand, less demand? Are people looking for the same things, different things? How does this actually affect the SEO industry?
1: I don't know that the content has really had more or less of a demand necessarily, but There's definitely kind of a specific focus that I've been seeing recently with a lot of universities. And so some of it is really focusing on graduate programs and some of those degrees that they're offering. Because one kind of challenge that's actually happening right now in the university space is they're actually having a declining high school graduation numbers, not necessarily graduation rates, but overall numbers. And that's just more due to kind of lower birth rates about 20 years ago or so. And so one way to increase enrollment and keep that tuition revenue coming in is to focus on some of those graduate programs, get people that are no longer at that high school age back into school with a degree that could actually help them moving forward. There's also a lot of content out there that's geared towards parents, especially parents of people that are maybe juniors or seniors within high school. So a lot of companies have a focus there. I think that's really important to make sure obviously the parents are supportive of the students and where they want to go. And then there's been a really kind of a big target towards transfer students as well. So, just making sure that anybody who's at maybe a smaller state school that might want to transfer to that bigger university someday, they really have all the information they need to know that they can very easily transfer in. So, there's been a lot of content on those kind of three areas and that focus. Time for a
0: one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So, you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned a couple different types of content. There's, you know, the administrative type stuff. How do I get into school? How do I transfer school? What should I expect in the application process? Then there is the actual education content. And then there is the sort of master's level or other graduate programs it's a competitive space. And there's a reason why we're talking about this on an SEO podcast. When you are talking to some of the higher education learning institutions, how are they using SEO? And, you know, what's the reason why search metrics is talking to these companies about the value that content optimization and understanding their search presence? Like, why is this something that they should be considering?
1: So I think for a lot of these companies, given the fact that competition is just getting more and more challenging for universities, it's really important that they understand where they sit in the competitive landscape for the different degrees that they offer. So they want to make sure that they understand how their graduate degree pages are performing, their undergraduate degrees or associate degrees. And that's really that competitive landscape is going to change based on those different categories. So it's really important for them to understand how they're stacking up, what market share they have, Another kind of big problem that a lot of these companies are facing, or I should say universities are facing, is that their blog content a lot of times is actually cannibalizing some of their degree pages. So it's really kind of a big push and initiative to make sure that they're tracking their degree page performance as well as their blog page performance and make sure that they're not cannibalizing each other. So tracking that very closely has been really important.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So really what you're getting at is that there's a competitive nature between the higher education companies, and they're really using search data on some level to do competitive analysis, to understand how Google interprets which one of their degree programs ranks the highest or who their competition actually is. When you think about the actual online education content, whether it be the Harvard Economics 101 course number one, lecture number one, or the Udemy economics class. How are universities or the other content providers thinking about or how has that landscape changed where now all of a sudden there's this big influx of content that is being pushed online?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think with that, the biggest thing is a lot of universities have content just coming from a lot of different departments, and I think for them, it's just really important to keep the structure and everything consistent, making sure you know the linking to those pages is very clear for Google to find it. But I think it's really getting on the same page for all of that content, which before might not have been as online quite as much, but now it is. So it's just more important to make sure that's consistent throughout the entire organization.
0: So have the higher education, I was going to say companies, but the universities started moving their content online? And is that making more competition for the online education-based queries? You know, like when I look for economic 101 classes, before a Udemy class would come up, now is it a Harvard class? Is it an MIT class? It wouldn't be an MIT class because I don't think they're doing a lot of economics. But you get the idea, you know, is it the universities that are actually showing up or is it Basically, the companies that are content businesses?
1: Well, it kind of depends on what you're searching. So, if you're just searching for like top colleges in Massachusetts or in California or something along those lines, a lot of what you're going to get is not actually anything related to universities. You're going to get something from bestcolleges.com or US News or something along those lines. If you're searching for more specific around classes and offerings there, yeah, it's definitely getting more competitive just because now that universities don't have quite as much leverage to get people in person. So one thing that universities did really well in in the past, or they tried to, was just getting as much tours on campus as they could. That's a pretty big metric that a lot of people in the admissions department follow. And now that they can't do that quite as much, just depending on what state they're in, a lot of these universities are focusing more of their attention on making sure the offerings and the classes and everything that they have is online in a really readable way. So yeah, I would definitely say that the competition has been increasing in that aspect.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you think of universities for the most part being geographically restricted, right? Harvard, we've been using that as an example because it's Harvard, which probably doesn't have as much of a geographic restriction. But when you think about the University of California, Davis, right? They are primarily going to be recruiting students from California, probably mostly Northern California. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden that, Everyone is moving towards an online model. Since we can't be in person, they actually have a much wider reach. I know that they have a, a great viticulture program. Anybody that's learning to study grapes doesn't have to come to UC Davis, right? They can learn from the online education from Mississippi, from anywhere else in the world. I don't know why Mississippi was the first place to come to <laughs> mind. But you get the point that there's this interesting change in geography, which makes the online education industry, a rapidly growing industry.
1: And yeah, absolutely. And so I think that what a lot of universities need to make sure that they're doing within their online presence is making sure that the students and people applying, especially if they're trying to attract people from an online way from different states, they need to make sure that the quality of education that they're going to get or the students expecting is going to be the same if they're going to go online versus in person. So when that person is deciding maybe I wanna do an in-state school or out of state school, I think it's really important that those universities are showing that like really the resources that they're gonna offer students. So whether it's making sure that they have laptops or they have high-speed internet access or whatever that is, they just need to very clearly show that. So you've gotten
0: into the the weeds with a couple of the higher education and online education companies and universities. Give me one last tip before I let you go today for common mistakes online education companies and universities are making that are stopping them from getting the search presence that they normally would.
1: I would say one of the biggest mistakes that they're making right now is just cannibalization of their pages. I think one of the biggest issues that people have had is just degree pages or blog pages, I should say cannibalizing their degree pages. That's been a really big focus for a lot of the universities that I've been speaking to.
0: Yeah. Now more than ever, making sure that you have your SEO foundation really matters. And we're seeing that pop up in really interesting places, online education being one of them. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Adam Arnold, Enterprise Account Executive at Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Adam, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at Ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.